0: And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. As was his custom since early days. You know that uh, uh, we are absolutely in a spiritual warfare and sometimes i think in the society we live in nowadays we 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 like everything to be so so meat and potatoes so like this thing, you know, things you can grab a hold of, that sometimes faith is hard for people. And understanding things that are going on in the spiritual realm are oftentimes difficult for people. But the Bible is clear, and the Bible is where we get our information. We we believe in the Bible. We believe it's the Word of God. We believe it's the book that really helps us connect to and understand God more than anything else in this world. The Bible is critical to us. And the Bible says... That our warfare, your warfare, is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers, these spiritual entities that are always working to separate you and to separate your faith from God. Isaac kind of mentioned this morning that there are times when people pray and something doesn't happen and and, and you need it to happen you need God to intervene and for some reason just like the apostle Paul discovered when he prayed a number of times and something didn't happen people start wondering and the devil uses those kinds of events to try and separate us from our faith in God. But the Bible is also clear that the Holy Spirit absolutely desires for you and I to be, to be strengthened with might on the inner man. And the reason that you and I need to be strengthened with might on the inner man is because when we encounter things that come up that have the, the intent of separating us from the love of God, separating us from uh, faith in God, how do you overcome that? Bible says that we'll be more than conquerors. Bible says that we are overcomers. We can be victorious in Christ. So so how does that happen when we encounter things that want to just seem to rip us apart from our faith in God? And how do do we uh, get through all of those kinds of things? Well, here it is. Godly customs defeat devilish intentions. Godly customs defeat devilish intentions. Say it with me. Godly customs defeat devilish intentions. They absolutely do. And when you think about it, how does the Holy Spirit strengthen us with might on the inner man? There are things that, you know, like I come from from a, a farm. And on the farm, you know that if you want something to grow. You have a crop that you want to grow. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen to that soil, and you have to have the soil prepared for receiving the seed, and then you have to water and fertilize the seed so it ultimately grows into something that bears fruit. It's the same way with you and I. The Holy Spirit wants to bear fruit in our lives, wants to raise us up till we are strengthened with might on the inner man, but there is some cultivation of your soul and spirit that God wants to do in us that helps us to be receptive to a miracle. And so godly customs, godly customs, defeat devilish intentions. Strategy is always uh, an important component to any contest. When you have opposing sides and one wants to exert its will over the other side, strategy is oftentimes a big part of how that uh, can be fulfilled. Whether it's a game of chess or it's the NBA Finals. Does anybody watch the NBA Finals anymore? Is there a couple of you maybe? Somebody? A few? I always tell Isaac, just a bunch of overpriced, crying, whining, immature children. You 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 know how you get there at some point in your life. And yet there's a lot of good men in there as well. So my opinion in the is my opinion but <laughs> the the deal of it is that there are strategies that are employed so that in that contest somebody can exert their will over someone else to victory uh so whether it's chess or or a sporting event or rather it is uh, uh enemy nations at war with one another strategy is a key component To victory. It's that same way also with spiritual things. The Bible's clear that we are in a spiritual warfare. And the intent is to separate you from God, to get your faith to become weakened. The Spirit of God wants to strengthen you with might on the inner man. The Spirit of this world wants to weaken your faith and make you weak inside, so that when you encounter trouble and tribulation and trials and temptations, you end up faltering rather than staying strong and victorious in God. And so there are strategies employed. Now look what Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11 says. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against all strategies of the devil. All strategies of the devil. Did you know that the devil has uniquely to your life strategies to try and separate you so that you have less faith rather than grow in strength on the inner man? The devil has strategic ways. He knows what to do and how to get to you. He has strategies involved. He is a master uh, strategic kind of a guy in terms of putting all that together. Now, many Christians today, we live and behave like uh, defeat is, is predictable and anticipated. It's almost like some Christians really don't even believe that they can have victory in life they just fully expect to get the big smack down every single time something happens it goes wrong and will they ever be able to see uh, a miracle you hear it in our words we say we ask questions like uh, why don't we see miracles today like like our forefathers did how come there's just no real miracles we we've heard about miracles we read about miracles in the bible and we've heard about our grandfathers having miracles you know where are the miracles today and and the answer to that is actually very simple the answer is found in another question and the other question is simply this well what has changed what has changed has god changed absolutely not god has not changed at all uh, in fact Hebrews 13 8 says that he is the same yesterday today and forever he's, he's, he's the same so God has not changed and so it is absolutely the case that you and I have available to us the same irresistible overpowering awe inspiring capability of God that any generation before us ever had so God hasn't changed So if God will do miracles for other generations, he absolutely can and will and does miracles today. Because God doesn't change. He is absolutely the same. And so when you look for and you think about the need for miracles in our lives, and you think about that, what happens? You encounter a story in the Bible, a a real-life story, an event that is a fact of history, Daniel, and Daniel was a man who others had, an, had some ill intentions toward. Daniel was not liked by some men. And the reason that he wasn't liked is really because they were envious. King Darius, he is the head of the, the king of the Persian Empire. King Darius uh, decides to separate the Persian Empire into 120 provinces over each of the provinces he puts a ruler called a satrap s-a-t-r-i-p a satrap and over each one of these 120 provinces then you have an individual called a satrap so there's 120 120 satraps these 120 satraps are under the rule of three governors so king darius puts three governors over the 120 that means that basically you have 40 different uh, satraps under each of the governors and they have to answer to that governor and then the governors answer directly to the king now daniel had had gained the favor of king darius had risen in the government to the degree that daniel became one of the three governors And in fact, Daniel had distinguished himself, according to the Bible, to such degree that King Darius uh, looked at at Daniel as as King Darius' go-to guy. If King Darius really was wanting to understand something or figure it out, the guy he went to above all the others was Daniel. And when these other two governors in the 120 satraps saw this and listened to this and watched this, Envy began to happen inside their spirit and their soul. And jealousy began to rise up within them. And and they did not like Daniel because Daniel had garnered favor with King Darius. So these 122 guys they kind of get to talking among themselves in different places and different times. And and uh, whoever among them is really kind of orchestrating things a little bit, they come up with a plan. And, and the plan is, is they're trying to find something that would discredit Daniel to King Darius. Now, I can make the assumption, and it's probably a fair assumption, that, that these guys probably hired private detectives. People that... Followed Daniel around, watch Daniel's every moment, everything that daniel did they, These guys would have turned over every rock concerning daniel's life, they looked into his his private life and his public life. They looked into his his uh, financial stuff. They does he pay his bills and does he owe anybody any money and does he pay on time? Does he cheat anybody out of anything? He looked into his relationships or his relationships with people uh, filled with integrity or did he lie and did he cheat and did he was he unfaithful to anybody? They they looked at everything they everything that you could his leadership skills everything the way he communicated with people anything and everything these guys were looking into Daniel's life but they could not find a single thing wrong absolutely nothing and the only thing that they had discovered was that they could count on Daniel praying to God three times every single day every day he's going to pray and and they can count on that. And so when they're trying to determine what it is they should do, they came up with a plan then. It's the only thing they could use to trap him. So they conspired together to write, to ha- to write a law, have King Darius sign into law this this law, that for 30 days nobody could worship or pray to any other god or man other than King Darius and if they were found to do so within those 30 days they would be thrown into the lion's den they, they took that particular law to King Darius they posed it to him he liked it and he signed it into law they immediately with law in hand went back over to Daniel's place Daniel was there he saw it he heard that that was being put into effect he went home and he did what he always did three times a day Daniel is going to pray these guys knew he would so they went over there they saw sure enough there he is praying uh, caught him in the act again and and as you read through the events you discover that in the end what happens Daniel gets arrested he's brought before King Darius and he's accused of praying to some other god other than King Darius within the context of those 30 days And the result is, is that he's got to be thrown into the lion's den. King Darius was very unhappy, really unhappy, and regretted the whole thing. But he couldn't change the law. The law is the law. So he had no choice but to condemn Daniel to the lion's den. And Daniel was taken, he was thrown down into the lion's den. And the way they have those things, it's kind of like a cave it would have been a cave that that uh, they would have that had a hole in the top, and you could drop the lion down into, or you could drop the person down in, into, and then the the uh, a rock covered that to seal it off. They dropped Daniel down in there, sealed the thing off, and King Darius went home absolutely miserable, 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 miserable. He could not sleep. He was unhappy in the next morning he quickly got up he went back to the tomb and he has the tomb opened he's hoping beyond hope that daniel is okay he hollers down into the into the place and daniel uh voice can be heard and daniel is absolutely safe daniel tells him that god had sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions and he's absolutely safe daniel was pulled up out of the lion's den a miracle happened for Daniel. Absolutely a marvelous miracle. Now, now, here it is. Observation number one. Build godly customs to defeat ill intentions. How did this miracle occur? What, what was the groundwork? What was the, what was the groundwork for allowing for a miracle to occur in his life? Daniel had built into his own life Godly customs, and those godly customs defeat ill intentions. Men absolutely had a design on his life to destroy him, but God protected him. Daniel chapter 6. Now at the top of your notes, you'll see it there at the top of your notes. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees Three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Underline that last phrase. As was his custom since early days. As was his custom since early days. If Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if God would intervene for Daniel and God would spare Daniel's life, and God would intervene on a very ill-intentioned thing for him. It's no different for you and I today. God will still do it today because God has not changed. What we need to do is build godly customs into our life that will defeat ill intentions. What is a custom? Here it is in your notes. A practice, that first uh, blank is practice. A practice which by long-established usage has come to have the force of law. The force of law. Meaning that you just do something so often that it just comes like second nature to you. It's just almost like the law of gravity, you just do it. This is what happens to me, and it's happened to me a number of different times. Every single morning, I get up and when I get in my truck and I pull out of my driveway and, and I come out to our, our street, 16th Street, I turn left and, and head to the church. Every morning I get up and I do that. Turn left, get up, turn left, get up, turn left, get up, turn left, over and over. been doing that for 20 years I've been doing that. Now occasionally I'll get up in the morning and I gotta go somewhere else. And I'm supposed to turn right but for some reason i get to the corner and my truck goes left and then i go i got to go right so then i have to turn around and go back because by by just force of law almost my truck i could just i could just almost feel like you could don't even have to have my hands on the steering wheel my truck knows where it's got to go and it goes left but by constantly doing this there's a custom built into my life that just causes me to go left and boy it's hard to break and go right does anybody else ever done that before yeah see it it just happens uh, to us when you do something over and over and over again that's what Daniel was doing Daniel since early early days it says he did this three times a day and even though something now is enacted in law that would say no you can't do that he just did it did it by, by force of law almost not, not in a legalistic way but because a very very important godly custom had been built into his life the second thing you can write there is, is similar to the first one It's, it's the def, what does it mean as a custom it implies such repetition of the same action as to develop a natural spontaneous or rooted activity So in order to counteract the evil strategies of the devil, we have to have something built into us that helps us to stay strong and true towards God even when the enemy comes in and begins to try and separate us from faith when things get tough, and it actually does. We need to do things over and again, over and again in God, and the Holy Spirit uses that to strengthen us with might on the inner man. Now, the strategy of God is oftentimes to build those those godly customs into us. What is the strategy of the devil? Here it is, observation number two. Your notes say observation one again. That was a mistype by me. So you can scratch out that one and put in a little number two there. The second observation is this. Here's what the devil does. He plays upon the most base part of each individual. Play upon the most base part of each individual. The word base describes the lowest place in all of us. It's the lowest place in all of us. And all of us have a low spot that, that is the place where you are most closely connected to this world and this life as we know it. The place where you are most most closely connected. It's the, the low spot in who we are. Now, for some, it might be shopping. Ladies, my apologies. For, some, for others, it might be watching uh, sports or participating in sports. Fellows, I totally understand it and get it. It, it might be a, a drive for success just driven 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 to success by the way thinking of sports today sports is so so ingrained in every so many families lives that god takes third or fourth place behind making sure our kids go to t-ball and and uh, flag football as children and soccer and then everything else and then on and you know and and i totally understand it i liked my kids being very involved in sports too but somehow it has become so enlarged that now suddenly god is somewhere behind all of that you know and those things tend to have play upon us and where we get vulnerable Again, a drive for success, whatever it might be. It could be something much darker like pornography or an addiction to alcohol or, or drugs or something else that absolutely has a hook in people. It's, it's the low spot in wh- who we are that is most closely connected to this world. When you drive from Spokane out here to the valley on the freeway there's I I can kind of see it in my mind's eye about where it is at there's a place on the freeway even though they've made that freeway and they've done such a good job of of making sure that it has the right angles to it so that when you have a deluge of rain it runs off appropriately there's one little spot along there that seems to to be a low spot and it gathers more water And when you get to that spot, cars are slowing down really quick and suddenly things are piling up in terms of the traffic because there's a little bit of a low spot there. And if you go driving through that Pretty good size and getting deeper water, uh, then you're in danger and you may endanger someone else because you suddenly blinded everybody from uh, all of the water that now comes rushing up through you, cruising through that thing. It's a low spot. It can be a dangerous spot. Every one of us has a low spot that if we're not careful, the enemy of our soul knows uniquely what yours is, and he knows how to target that low spot so it becomes a danger par- uh, spot for you in terms of your own spiritual walk with God. He knows exactly what it is. It's not the high spots in our life that he targets. It's the low spots where we're most closely connected to this world. Here's what James says. James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15 let no one say when he is tempted i am tempted by god for god cannot be tempted by evil nor does he himself tempt anyone but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by the low spots when he's when he's drawn away by his own desires that are closely connected to this world and enticed then when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death see it's it's our desires that are most closely connected to this world that are the low spots that become that where we become vulnerable to how the enemy can try and separate us from our faith in God now in order to trick king darius into putting daniel a man that he absolutely loved in the lion's den these guys had to play upon king darius's low spots that's what the devil does his ill intentions target the spots where you are most vulnerable and that's what they did with king darius here it is daniel chapter 6 verse 6 through 9 so these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. Can you just feel the buildup right now? King Darius, you're the man. You're awesome. There's nobody like you. Live forever. It'll be to our blessing if you live forever and ever and ever. I mean, it's like, okay. You know, most of us would want to say, all right, what do you want? You know, not King Darius, All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter therefore king darius signed the written decree you see the the low spot the lowest place for king darius was the place in which he wanted to be elevated above every other man or god in the whole planet he wanted to for 30 days to know and to believe that the whole planet thought he was the biggest the most important the most valuable being alive he he wanted to have everybody worshiping him he wanted everybody praying to him he wanted absolutely all the credit for anything and everything good and so for 30 days he was going to get his eagle his eagle full of himself it was the low spot in who he is and he says, wow, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Absolutely. And he bit on that, and he signed that thing into law. Those guys immediately ran out and brought Daniel, and Daniel ended up throwing, being thrown into the lion's den. A man that King Darius absolutely loved, he had to throw into the lion's den. Do you think that King Darius regretted what he did? Absolutely. Absolutely he regretted it. And uh, wished that he hadn't done it. Here's what it tells us: Daniel chapter six and verse fourteen. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself. See, he was he wasn't he wasn't even right at that moment first displeased with these other guys who tricked him and played upon his low spot. Instead, he was displeased with himself. How stupid could I be? How foolish? What was I thinking? And he was very displeased with himself. Have you ever been displeased with yourself? Yeah. Ever have anything come out of your mouth that you regret? Mm -hmm. Ever have any action come out of your life that you think, what was I thinking? You see, when, when you look at it, what happens is the devil knows the low spots in every one of us, and if he can play upon those things, then suddenly we begin to live with condemnation because we fouled up and, there, and we, we messed up and now someone else is hurt and we ourselves. How do you overcome it? Build godly customs into your life. They defeat ill intentions they defeat ill intentions why does the Bible say to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the custom of some because gathering in a regular way with one another with other believers who are wanting to live for God builds into us a godly custom that can give us an advantage in times of spiritual storms why, why does the Bible tell us to study the word of God in such a way that you are pleasing God and you never have to be ashamed? Because when you, when you are in the word of God and you get to even get a journal and you write in that journal and you're writing what you're learning and you're growing and you're paying attention to it and you're staying in it, the word of God has power to defend you in times of, de- of, of temptation, and so you build a godly, a godly custom into your life that absolutely gives you advantage when ill intentions are pointed towards you. Why does the Bible say in 2 Timothy 1.6 to stir up the gift of God in you? Because people grow best when they serve. And so when you begin to realize that God God doesn't want just one or two people serving his purposes and intentions in the world, but we all together pull together to accomplish God's heart and God's will, and we all do something for His, his purposes in the world, we end up growing. Those godly customs of serving God become advantageous to you. In Daniel's case, the lions did him no harm. And the reason they didn't do him any harm is because he had built into his life a godly custom of praying three times a day. And God honored that. He had done the work, he had plowed the field, planted the seed, watered it, watered it, watered it, so that a miracle sprouted for him. Daniel chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. When King Darius came to see if he was still alive, here's what Daniel said. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. How can he so believed in his God because he had built godly customs into his life that he was unshakable. Even though he's landed in a den of lions, his faith was unshakable in terms of what he believed God could do for him. And God came through for him. And God certainly will come through for you and I. You we just don't know what's in our future. We have no idea what we'll face this week. We have no idea the ill intentions that are designed our direction in this next year, this next six months, in the next couple of days. We have no idea. But there's one thing we can know is that if we're building into our lives godly customs, that you have an unshakable faith in God, that that is the soil by which miracles ultimately can happen. The Holy Spirit wants to strengthen us with might on the inner man. And so we need to take care of business with God, stay connected to him, because certainly it is the case. We're in a spiritual warfare, and it would be foolish for any of us to believe that the enemy doesn't target your soul and your spirit to try and separate you from faith in God. And how will we get through that? We build godly customs into our, into our lives now that will defeat the ill intentions that the devil has for us. You start that right now. You say, well, it's sometimes it's hard. I get busy. I get... We all do. Just go back to it. Stay at it and keep at it. And the more oftentimes you go back to it, the better you'll extend the length of time that you keep that godly custom in your life. So don't give up because God wants you to be victorious. The Holy Spirit wants you to be strong on the inner man. So no matter what you face, you can be more than a conqueror. Just bow your head with me for a minute. And at the bottom of your notes, you'll see here is, is a minute after we pray is, is what steps will I take this week to begin to build a, a new godly custom into to my life? You know, what am I going to do this week? How can I go, give another shot to maybe it's your prayer life, maybe it's your devotional life, maybe it's serving God in some capacity, whatever it might be. Uh, however God speaks to you, what will you build into your life? That's how God will help us. If you're here today and you're looking at some some realities, and those realities are you're faced with some pretty ill intentions, whatever their source are, the reality is, the truth is, God can give you victory over it. For Daniel, it just looked like some men. And yet we know the Bible is very clear that there is a spiritual battle going on. I would have to believe that that it was the devil's intent to get rid of Daniel because Daniel was going to prophesy about things in the last days. Hadn't yet done it when this story happened, but God was going to move upon him to do it. And so why not get rid of him before he says something that causes the devil grief? You know, so he uses people to accomplish his ill intentions. And it could well be that God wants some, to use you in some way. So, you stay strong in the Lord. Build godly customs into your life so that no matter what, when storms come, you'll be able to see the power of God bring about a miracle in your life. He can and He will. He has not changed. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And right here today, Lord, in this very room, we are in need of some miracles. Lord, we need miracles. And it's not as if, if we, that you're standing up there waiting until you know, we get our, you know, get our act together as if somehow we're saved by our works. We're not. We're saved by grace. But it is absolutely clear that, Lord, faith, faith, Lord, without works is dead. That, that the devil wants to separate us from our faith. And how does our faith get more secure in us? And how do we grow in in faith and be stronger? By building godly customs into our lives. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would help us to once again, Lord, continue to focus towards those things that strengthen us with might on the inner man, that when these storms come and the ill intentions happen, as, Lord, right now some are experiencing, that they would discover you are the same today as you were in Daniel's day. And if you can send an angel to shut the mouth of a lion, you can certainly, Lord, shut the mouth of a man or a woman who is causing grief. You can stop, Lord, things from going on that, Lord, will devastate your people. We can come out of things unharmed, just like Daniel, because, Lord, you're the same God. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on you every day, every day, that, Lord, we will be more than conquerors. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah for Jesus. Uh, to, there's no cafe, but there is a ton of bread, a huge box of plums and nectarines. Please fill your pockets full and uh, take some with you. Would you, God bless you, stand, give someone near you a good squeeze. This week, begin to build into your life some godly custom.